As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. This is Kia Bulls Postgame Live. Back to Portis. Wow, Portis, my big goodness. Buckets. The Bulls come up with a big fourth quarter. They steal game one in Boston. Bobby Portis outstanding in his playoff debut. 19 points, nine rebounds. Also played some outstanding defense. Got a little scary in the final minute, but the Bulls hang on to get the win. And now they take over home court advantage in the series. Welcome into Kia Bulls Post Game Live. You all know our expert analysts, Will Purdue and Kendall Gill. And guys, we talked about some of the keys going into this series. The Bulls been able to dominate the backboards, points in the paint, second chance mm-hmm. points. Will, that's exactly what we got in this one. Well, and that's what we needed to do. Because, I mean, that was one of the things we were curious about. In the two games that they won, they dominated on the boards. But also, Taj Gibson was part of those two victories. So without Taj Gibson, how would the Bulls respond in, in the fact of can they continue the success they've had not only on the boards but in the paint? And they did just that. Got to give Lopez a lot of credit for what he was able to do. Porter's coming off the bench and guys just getting in there and battling. And that's what we were questioning was the toughness of this team. Would they get in there and grind it out in the paint and do the dirty work? Yeah, you know, they did a fantastic job. All of them, they gang rebounded. And what that means is that everybody attacks the boards. you got to make up for that difference of Taj Gibson not being there because he played a big part against Boston in the uh, the two games that they won previous to, to his trade. But they did an excellent job all around. Also, they shot the free throws really well, 87%, 20 for 23 in a close game like this. And in the playoffs, every free throw means something. And I think they, they, they did an excellent job at the line. Jimmy Butler was struggling a little bit with his offense in the first two and a half quarters, but then he hit two straight three-pointers to end the third, pulled the Bulls into a 74-74 tie, and then the Bulls took off in the fourth. Let's take you through some of the key plays again. It was the second-year man, Bobby Portis. Didn't get to the postseason in his rookie year, but boy, he felt comfortable in this one. Knocks down a three-ball there, made it 81-78, to and then Jimmy Butler would follow up with a three to make it a four-point game. And, Will, it just seemed like he found his confidence all of a sudden. Well, he found his rhythm. But what was interesting, though, is, is we were in the green room talking about how the offense prior to that out-of-bounds play right there was struggling. Mm-hmm. We weren't getting a lot of good shots, but they were actually getting bailed out by the three-point shot. The Bulls shoot 6 of 11 in the second half from behind the arc after going 2 of 14. And then after that, they finally found their rhythm there in the fourth and started to get a little more ball movement, but most notably getting the ball into the hands of Jimmy Butler, who had 15 in the fourth. Kendall, did you notice that Will skipped over the part where Jaron Grant made the three? Yeah, he did. And they were yelling in the green room, no, no, no. no Great no, shot. Great shot, Jaron. <laughs> but, hey, listen, not, to, to his credit, we were all saying Yeah. That. <laughs> we were all gasping. He yeah, was the we, only one who could we run but, 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 look, you know, everybody made big shots. You know, Jaron stepped up, played really well. Bobby Porter's right now showing us the secondary survival system right there with his, his strength. <laughs> but everybody stepped up and played their role. And that's the key to playoff basketball. Everybody has to come and contribute each and every game. So the Bulls got the lead. It was just a question of could they hang on down the stretch. And they were able, again, to get some key offensive rebounds, extending possessions, getting the chance to work the clock, and really enabling them to take control. Boston did get a couple of threes late to make it interesting. But this sequence here, you know, a couple of turnovers, and they milked the clock a little bit. They did, and Kendall said it. You know, hey, things are going right for the Bulls here, (laughs) getting some bounces. But at the same time, it's your effort that makes things go right for you. And that right there is a perfect example. Lopez working to keep that ball alive, gets the foul. Jimmy gets beat on defense but doesn't give up. Comes from the backside, gets the block, and then it ricochets off Isaiah Thomas's head. Sometimes it's more about luck, but you can create your own luck, and the Bulls did just that tonight. 
Bobby Portis knocks down a big shot there, makes it 101-92. We thought this game was over. Kendall, I guess they'll work on some of that late-game execution in the day between games. <laughs> well, you have to. I mean, because games are so close, you got to be able to execute. And that's what we said in the pregame show. When you get to playoff basketball, you know pretty much what the other team is going to do on every play. So it all comes down to execution, and that's exactly what the Bulls did today. Yeah, a, a lot of balls went their way, but they executed when they needed to in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that replay review was a little bit sketchy. You couldn't really tell what happened. Yeah. They still reversed the call, right. which was you surprising, know, and which gave the Celtics an extra possession. But Jimmy Butler knocked down two clutch free throws to make it a four-point game with 3.3 seconds left. And that basically put it out of reach. So the Bulls get the big win on the road. Let's get you out to Boston. Bulls coach Fred Hoiberg ready to meet the media. Brought to you by Xfinity. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, please just state your name and affiliation before asking Coach Hoiberg a question, please. Thank you. Fred, just, just sort of overview. Uh, obviously, getting 1-0 is big for you, but What's your view about getting up ahead in this series and what did you see from Jimmy Butler and especially Portis? Well, I, I thought it was a really hard-fought game. I, you know, we, uh, we, we really had to battle. Um, you know, it's an excellent team that, uh, that, that plays its best basketball in the fourth quarter, and I thought we really uh, battled and fought, uh, did, a, did a good job on the glass, um, turned it over too many times. Uh, you know, we got, uh, got fortunate uh, with that, with turning the ball over 19 times. Normally, uh, that doesn't result in a win, but I thought – uh, our effort all night long uh, was uh, was terrific. Our bench was excellent uh, coming out, and uh, uh, you look at their plus minuses. Uh, you know, all, all four of those guys made a contribution. Fred Vince Goodwill, CSN Chicago. Um, the Rondo for Grant sub that you made midway through the through the fourth quarter. Did you have any trepidation about that? You could have kept Rondo winning with five fouls. Grant wound up playing good defense, hitting that big three. What went into that decision? Yeah, we we, we did think about it. Uh, you know, at that uh, uh, you know the final decision came down to you know to putting Jaron out there. Uh, you know, we we're going to plan on doing it for a minute or two. Rondo, I thought was uh, was really good all night long. Uh, you know, but everything we've worked on all week was it was Rondo in the game at the end. Uh, you know, working on our end of game stuff. So you know, we didn't want to take the risk of fouling him out uh, in that situation. And then Jaron goes out and obviously hits you know maybe the shot of the game for our team to put us up four. Uh, and I thought he battled on the other end as well. Uh, Fred, Steve Balpat, Boston Herald. Did you address the Isaiah situation with your players beforehand? And if so, how did you? Do that. Yeah, you know, I, 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 just our, our players. Uh, you know, a lot of them have relationships with with Isaiah. Uh, you know, obviously Jimmy playing with him uh, in the All Star game. Uh, you know, a couple other guys. Uh, you know, knowing him just you know from being around the league. You know, for as long as all of them have. So, uh, you know, I kind of let them uh, you know do do their own thing. And you know, obviously it's 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 a horrible um, tragedy. And um, you know, like I said before the game. You know, speaking on behalf of the organization. Uh, you know, we offer our thoughts and prayers to Isaiah and, the fa and his family. And, um, you know, he's uh, such a competitor, uh, you know, such a good kid. And, uh, you know, I know, I know it's, a, it's just a, a really, really tough uh, situation that, that he's going through. So, um, you know, again, thoughts and prayers go out to his family. What I see out of him, same thing he always does. He's just, you know, you know such a tough uh, kid. It's one of the hardest guards, uh, uh, hardest guards to cover uh, in the game. Fred, Nick Friedel, ESPN. Uh, Bobby's always been a confident guy, but are you even a little surprised that on this stage, in this moment, he came out and played the way he did today? He was a one of our new young guys that hasn't had any playoff experience that I wasn't worried about because you said it exactly right. He's going to go out there and play with unbelievable confidence. He's going to play with swagger. Uh, you know, he's just a, a kid that's going to go out there and lay it on the line. He plays with such effort uh, and tenacity. Uh, you know, he, he was hitting his shots, obviously, tonight, and that, that was huge. We needed every one of them. Uh, you know, and again, he stepped up big for us uh, and hit clutch shots in the fourth quarter as well. Casey Johnson, Chicago Tribune. Fred, um, Obviously, we all knew that Jimmy might be on Isaiah at some point, and, and you had him on there for certain stretches, particularly in the fourth. What did you see from that look? And obviously, is that a look you're going to continue using moving forward? Well, Jimmy, Jimmy's obviously our best defender. You know, and Rondo, uh, you know, when he picked up his fouls, um, you know, we had to, had to make that change. Um, you know, but Jimmy's going to have uh, have his turn uh, to guard him. But, you know, it does take a lot of energy out of Jimmy. And obviously, he's a guy that, uh, that we rely on heavily in the fourth quarter. So, uh, you know, I thought Rajan, uh, you know, did a solid job. Uh, battling him, uh, you know, he still goes for 33. Uh, you know, Jimmy goes out and um, you know did a good job with, with his length. 
uh, as well. But uh, you know, Isaiah, like I said, he's he's uh, you know as tough a guard as any as any in this league. Uh, you just try to make it as difficult as possible. Coach Mark D'Amico from Celtics.com. Um, quite a night for you guys on the offensive glass. Where did that rank, and, and how did you deliver uh, a message leading into this game in regard to attacking the offensive glass and how key that is for you guys well, to have success? It, yeah, it, 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 it obviously is important, and it's something that we've done a, a pretty solid job of all season long, um, you know, especially early on in the year when we had uh, Taj and Robin out there. But, you know, Robin, that's, that's always been a huge strength of his ever since he stepped into the league. Uh, you know, so I thought our other guys, you know, our guards uh, went in there and, and got a couple for us as well. I think Rajan got two or three in one possession. So, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, the big thing is, is uh, you know, crashing the glass, but you can't jeopardize your transition defense because these guys will make it pay uh, if they get behind you. Uh, Sean Hike in the Athletic. Uh, after the night that Bobby had tonight, are you guys thinking about maybe moving him to the starting lineup for game two? Or are you no, we'll, we'll, we'll stay the same. Yeah. Thank you. Fred Hoiberg now 1-0 in the playoffs as right, an NBA head coach. And it was interesting. We joked about the fact that the Bulls have been searching for a steady rotation all season long. Bulls played nine guys in this game. Brad Stevens was the guy grasping for answers. They played 11. They juggled a lot of different guys off the bench trying to find somebody with a spark. And, Kendall, I just thought that they came in with a really good plan in this game about how they could beat this Boston team. Well, well the first thing that I noticed in the beginning of the game, in the first quarter, was, was how they were guarding Isaiah Thomas off of the pick and roll. In the, in the regular season, Robin Lopez played back off of the pick and roll. But then you saw now he was up on the pick and roll, not letting him get around it and attack the defense. Also, Cristiano Felicio did a great job at that. Bobby Portis did a great job of, the, of that. They absolutely took the ball out of his hand and let somebody else do the work for him. It's nice to see that tighter rotation today. It was, and that was one of the things we asked about because the situation is that we'd seen him play 11 guys in a game. So who were the guys that were going to be out there and were going to play? And I tell you, one of the things we talked about, the key was Nico did not necessarily play very well today. But the thing was, though, Bobby Portis stepped up and filled that void, so he was in there late in the fourth quarter because we do know that Fred likes to go back to Nico late in game situations because of his ability to knock down the three, but Portis was the guy that answered the call. You know, it's interesting. I had a chance to interview Bobby Portis in the postgame locker room after they beat Brooklyn and qualified for the playoffs, and I thought, you know, he'd be all excited about his first playoffs. He was very measured in his comments. He said, I, you know, I can't wait for the chance to get out on this big stage. But he, you could sense he had a quiet air of confidence about him. I talked to him about matchups. He says, yeah, I'll get a shot at Horford and Amir Johnson, but I really want to match up with Kelly Olynyk off the bench. And he had a really good understanding of what he needed to do to be successful against this team. And you didn't see a guy in his first playoff game. He was very confident in his movements. He was patient. He took good shots and played good defense. There was no hesitation. I mean, he, it was catch and shoot. I mean, that's how you practice in an empty gym. You catch, you shoot. You catch, you shoot. I mean, that's how you develop your rhythm. And listen, quite honestly, he bailed the Bulls' offense out with a couple of those shots, not only late in the shot clock, but some of the threes when they didn't have a lot going. And I think, if I remember correctly, even two of those were, were contested. But that's exactly what Fred Hoiberg and that coaching staff was looking for because now the confidence they have in him, he will not hesitate in game two, whether it's Lopez, whether it's Nico. If those guys get off to a slow start, he knows that he can throw Bobby in there immediately. Great yep. numbers, huh, Kendall? Great, great numbers. <laughs> you know, I, I actually think he became a legitimate NBA player tonight. You know, now people have to respect this guy because he can knock down a three-point shot, and if you come out on him, he shows the ability to show the pump fake, show the ball, drive right in, and calmly take the shot. Also, defensively, he did a lot of great jobs that, it, that don't show up in the, in the stat sheet, like helping out, getting up on the pick and roll, picking up, um, uh, like you always say, help, help the helper. Mm -hmm. He did all of that tonight, not just on the offensive end, he did it on the defensive end as well. Yeah, he was very impressive. You see a lot of guys in their first playoff game real jittery, not squaring up on their right. jump shots. You mentioned catch and shoot, but his, he, you know, his legs underneath him just went up and took really good shots. It's a very positive sign for the Bulls and for the future with Bobby Portis. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about Jimmy Butler's night. He was kind of you know, struggling with his offense a little bit in the first half, but then he knocked down those two big threes late in the third quarter, and that really got him going. And Jimmy does have the ability to carry a team home. He had 15 points in the fourth quarter, which is winning time. Kendall, that's what you want to see. That's what you want to see. And listen, you know, and, and I had some discussions with guys in the barbershop early, early, earlier last week <laughs> saying, man, if Jimmy doesn't get us to the playoffs, this will be two years in a row. He doesn't, he's got to do it. Guess what? Jimmy answered the question, okay? He got the Bulls into the playoffs. And then we were discussing in the green room, hey, Jimmy has to step up. This is when the 
when Batman steps up and he takes <laughs> over the game. And guess what? In the fourth quarter, Jimmy stepped up, knocked down big shot after big shot. This is what you want your superstar players to do. And as we said in the pre-playoff show, superstars are made in the yes. playoffs. Yeah. And that is what Jimmy Butler did tonight. He's making himself into a superstar. I mean, we're not even talking about the nine rebounds. Right. I mean, that, that was huge, a key, key opportunity, key time. You know, because as much as we want Lopez to get all those rebounds, at times when he was effective early, they put two guys on him to block out. Mm -hmm. And then that put them in a position where somebody else had to come in there and pick up the loose balls, and Jimmy, Jimmy did just that. And then what did you see in the second half? You saw Jimmy also exerting a lot of energy trying to guard Isaiah Thomas. After a rather slow start, he winds up scoring 30 points, 9 of 19 from the field, 3 of 5 from three-point range, and all of those shots were huge. Well, we mentioned Brad Stevens was trying to find some answers off his bench, somebody to compliment Isaiah Thomas. I'm sure they're going to go back to the drawing board, take a look at this film, try to figure out what they can do for game two. Let's go back to TD Garden, hear from the losing head coach, Brad Stevens. Bill Doyle, Worcester Telegram. Brad, how do you think Isaiah handled the emotion of the night, and how do you think your team did? Yeah, I mean, he was incredible. Um, he's an amazing, amazing player, amazing person. And, you know, days won't get easier for him. Um, but he, uh, you know, somehow plays like that. Yeah, I mean, I thought that at the end of the day, you know, we lost the game, um, you know, from a defensive perspective. Because for the first, you know, two and a half quarters, we didn't rebound at all. And then ultimately they made um, big shots, um, so there were no rebounds to be had towards the end of the game. Uh, we've got to do a better job on the glass right out of the gate. You know, it's all we've been talking about for a few days. But it's you know when those guys hit you and and they're big, um, you know we had to do a better job of going and getting balls. Coach, just to touch on that rebounding a little bit more, um, is that just positional or is it effort? Like, what did you see as to why they had so much so much success in that area of the game? First of all, they've been great against us all year. I think you look out there; there's size, so you got to hit them early and um, don't let them get into the paint on their cuts uh, when they're cutting to the to the basket to get a rebound. Um, you know, your your contact has to be. You have to make hard initial contact on blockouts. Can't just turn and look or get pushed under. Um, you know, because they're too. They're they're going to get the ball. They're bigger than we are. So we have to we have to hit first. Um, and so I'll go back and look at it and chart it all. But that'll be a big deal moving forward. It's uh, Ian Thompson with NBA.com. Brad, how did how did the whole tragedy of, of Isaiah's sister affect your team tonight? And if it didn't have an effect, what does that say about your team that they were also able to overcome it? Uh, you know, first of all, um, credit where credit is due to the Bulls. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's really hard circumstances for those guys, specifically Isaiah. So are, are you proud of the effort? Yes. Yeah, that's – that's yeah. I mean, I, I listen, the perspective of it all, um, you know, hits you in a hard way. And um, um, I, I was. I'm not only proud of the effort, but the way they supported him. And, um, you know, again, I you know, couldn't help but be inspired by his play. Brad, uh, Gary Washburn, Boston Globe. Um, the – Lineup at the beginning of the second quarter struggled again. They went on a 10-0 run, and it seemed that kind of they got control of the game. What can you do about the lineups when Isaiah is not in the game? How do you manage this team in the bench to get offense when you got to rest Isaiah? You know, we got to do a better job. Um, you know, we were, we were a little bit better in the fourth quarter um, at the start of the fourth and the end of the third, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we still had a lot of, you know, um, guys that we lean on to score in there at those moments. Um, so we just got to generate good looks and, and knock them in. You know, I think that that's ultimately um, going to be the name of the game. But we got to be great in those eight to ten minutes that he doesn't play. 
Brad, uh, Chris Mannix with the vertical. Um, obviously, Isaiah's got a lot on his plate the next couple of days. How do you approach that? Is it just whatever he's whatever he needs to do, he needs to do, and um, we'll help him in any way. If he needs to and wants to stay here, then we'll be here surrounding him. And um, if he wants to go to Seattle, then he should go to Seattle. It's his call and it should be. So you don't have any clarity yet on what he's going to do, though? No, I told him that it's got to be like, I mean, I'm not going to ask him or, you know, you know, make him make those decisions. Those got to come on his own time. And um, so, you know, and then we'll adjust accordingly. Uh, Brad, Joseph Pavone from uh, WEI.com, Cosby mm-hmm. Street blog. Um, How do you feel about Jake Crowder? Um, he sort of struggled offensively at first, but then he was making cuts to the baskets, you know, converting layups, and then he made those two uh, back-to-back three-point yeah. attempts. How did you feel about those attempts? I mean, everybody's going everybody's gonna to have their ups and downs shooting the ball. I thought Jay um, got us going in that third quarter with his cuts. You said it. He made a couple of those threes late. Um, and I thought he was really active on the defensive glass in the third and fourth quarter. Like, I thought he was doing a great job of pursuing the ball, um, giving a great job of getting a body on somebody. Um, some of the balls he tipped out, he didn't get, somebody else got. I mean, that's the way it's got to be for us. But I thought that, you know, I don't have any doubt Jay will make shots. Jay's, a, Jay's had a great year making shots, and he's, he deserves that. You guys had Butler or Jared Weiss seal on this radio. You guys had Butler contained until like the last minute of the third quarter. We had that 10 point run. Uh, you guys were getting over screens physically and this seemed to be really working well, but what were they able to do, especially with the interaction between Butler and Lopez where they run those off ball screens? I mean, um, they'll set it for Jimmy off the ball. They'll set it on the pick and roll. They'll set it with their ones. They'll have him set it for the one. Um, he's, you know, they just put him in a variety of different positions that puts you in a tough spot to maintain your matchup. And then he got going making some tough contested shots. Um, so, you know, that, that's one of the things about it. And it's one of the reasons why you can't, you know, not rebound for a full game because he's going to get, he's going to get on a roll at some point. Now, hopefully you can break that rhythm and make it as tough as possible. But, you know, he's not going to miss shots all game. So he, he got in that rhythm, and that that really hurt us. Yeah, Jimmy Butler got it going over the last 14 minutes and carried the Bulls to this game one victory. I know, Will, you were struck by something he said about the rebounding. I, I kind of found it amusing that he said that they have so much size, they're so big. Outside of Robin Lopez, these are comparable size players. The Bulls just wanted it more tonight. They, they really did, and that's one of the things that we addressed was is this was a strength in the regular season. But the thing was, you go back and look at those numbers. In the two wins in the regular season, they got rebounded by 20. Had 15 offensive rebounds for 22 second-chance points. And the second win, they out-rebounded him by 19. 18 offensive rebounds for 18 second-chance points. And then tonight, they out-rebounded him by 17 with no Taj Gibson, remember. And 20 offensive rebounds for 23 second-chance points. And remember, they went through a stretch in that first half where their best offense was a missed shot because we were getting offensive rebounds for second-chance opportunities. See, and, and obviously, you know, Fred and the coaching staff told uh, the players that, listen, we already have the key to beating these guys. Sure. And it's out rebounding them. So we need to send everybody to the glass. And that, and yeah, a couple of balls went their way that probably shouldn't have. But strategically, they're, do, they're doing the right thing, going to the boards, gang rebounding. And when they do that, that's when they get their second chance opportunities for baskets. Well, we saw with Al Horford in Atlanta. We're seeing it now with Al Horford in Boston. It's the donut lineup. You got a hole in the middle. <laughs> Can't get oh, those rebounds. Oh, he throws the bus again. <laughs> <laughs> it's one win. Bulls are feeling good about yeah. it. No question about it. Let's talk more about Isaiah Thomas, a spectacular player, averaged 29 points a game during the regular season. You heard both Fred Hoiberg and Brad Stevens talk about the courageous effort by Isaiah Thomas. Just think about the fact he hears mid-morning, late morning, that his sister died in a tragic car accident. And yet he comes back, scores 33 points, 10 of 18 from the field, 10 of 12 from the free throw line, carrying the Celtics offense on his back. Kendall, you've seen courageous efforts by NBA players. This has to rank right up there. It it, it totally ranks right up there. And, you know, you could actually see it in his eyes the moment that he stepped on the court what kind of stressful situation he was under. And, you know, we've all lost loved ones, 
you know, throughout our lifetime. But when you lose one, tragically, when you're about to play in a playoff yeah. series and, and it's just, you know, you can't describe the, what he's going through. And to, for him to come out and play the way that he did, gives, you, you got to give him all the credit in the world because I don't know anybody under those circumstances that could have come out and played, mm -hmm. let, let alone played the way that he did, but set foot in that stadium. And you were wondering about, because you knew it was going to be emotional for him, as we saw during the national anthem when he had tears streaming down his face. How is he going to be able to maintain that energy through all four quarters? Because right. of the fact that we know when it gets to the fourth quarter, it's Isaiah Thomas time, and the team relies on him. He was still there. And the thing was, though, I mean, he's got to be both emotionally exhausted, physically exhausted, and it'll be interesting, as you heard Brad Stevens. It's up to him from this point forward what he wants to do. He's such a tough cover, too, Kendall. I, mean, mm -hmm. I know that you didn't have to chase many little point guards in your career, but right. what do you do against him? Well, the, the one thing, you, first you ask for help, uh, which, <laughs> yeah. which the Bulls did. I yeah. mean, yeah. They, they guarded him as a team tonight. And secondly, you have to don't give him a clear lane to the basket. Yeah. You know, Jimmy was doing that a little bit uh, throughout the game. But the one thing, you have to get in front of him and not allow him the, the – different different uh, avenues to the basket. If you can do that, make it hard on them, then you can perhaps knock off about eight points uh, a game from him. Isaiah Thomas was brilliant, but the Bulls get the win 106-102. to 102. Lots more post-game reaction coming your way from TD Garden in Boston. You'll hear from Dwayne Wade after the Bulls' victory. We'll also hear from some of the players on both sides. That's next on Kia Bulls Post Game Live. It's sports, it's social, it's viral. It's Luke Stuckmeyer and Layla Rahimi, and it's the Next Generation Sports Show. In the Loop, every night at 6.30, 10, and 10.30 on CSN Chicago. And as soon as the show ends, turn to Facebook Live for the after show. Time for the driver's seat, brought to you by Kia. This is commonly referred to as hustle stats around the NBA. Bulls out rebound the Celtics by 17. They have an edge in second chance points. Points in the paint, one more steal, and three more blocks. Let's get you back out to TD Garden. A couple of the winning players, Jimmy Butler, Robert Lopez, making their way to the interview room. Joe Colley, Chicago Sun-Times. Jimmy, you guys have been a confident group this entire week coming into this. I mean, you've been respectful of Boston, but you guys have been confident. How much of that is related to the fact that the NBA is such a star power-driven league in the playoffs, and at the end of the day, you guys feel like you just have a little more star power than they may have? I don't, I don't think that that's it. I think we were, we were so locked in all week. Um, we, we knew their stuff just like they knew ours, but uh, we, we executed extremely well. We haven't done that all season, but this is the right time to do it. Everybody stepped up and done, did what was asked of them, and I think that's all you could do, especially on the road. Taylor Snow, Celtics.com. Uh, Jimmy, you know Isaiah pretty well. Did you reach out to him at all before the game, and just what do you think of the strength that he showed? Yeah, uh, I mean, he's a, he's a hell of a player, but that's, that's always tough to go through. Um, and, you know, I wish him the best, him and his family. But it's, it just shows the type of player, the type of man, the type of person he is to go out there and battle through what he was going through for, for his organization and his team. Steve Balpet, Boston Herald. Jimmy, uh, actually both of you guys if you want. Um, what's it like to go into that, to that situation? I mean, you know there's going to be a lot of emotion here, but you guys have to get your own heads together as well. Um. You know, I think we had a lot of vets that did a great job of anchoring us. They, um, you, know, you exchange runs in the playoffs, that happens. And I think they did a great job of keeping, of keeping us focused, keeping us level-headed. Oh, I thought he just answered. <laughs> Same thing as Rolo. Uh, Sam Smith from the Bulls.com for Robin Lopez. Yes. There had been much talk, Robin, uh, at the first three games, you guys had a big, um, against Boston, you had a big rebounding advantage, and in that fourth game, without Taj Gibson, sort of evened out. What do you feel made the difference? How much inspiration was that going in that they, you said that might not have the edge anymore, and what do you feel that the difference was tonight in the rebounding? Obviously, um, we knew that was a possible advantage of ours going into the series. I think everybody did a good job tonight of being keyed in on that aspect. We did a good job of gang rebounding helping each other out, crashing the boards, and then there were times that gave us an advantage going to the other end on offense. 
Uh, Jimmy, uh, Joseph Perone from uh, WEI.com and Cosmic Street Blog. Uh, you found your stroke in the end of that third quarter. You scored those consecutive points, and you went right into the fourth and just kept it going from there. What sort of changed then in comparison to the first half? The shots actually went in. Um, Doe was continuing telling me to be aggressive, shoot the ball, and I did just that. I think that's what my team needs for me to do. Make or miss, just make sure we get a shot up and, and not a turnover. Even though I have five turnovers, I look at this piece of paper. Jimmy, Vince Goodwill, CSN, Chicago.com. Back to that first half, you come into this series being the leader of a team for the first time. With so many young guys, did you, do you have to be careful not to try to take over too much too quickly to bring the young guys along? Uh, no, I mean, I know what these young guys are capable of. I want them to be as comfortable as anybody out there on the floor because we need them. And with that being said, I, I tell them to shoot the ball when they're open. If you think you can make it, always shoot it. Um, I'd rather a shot up at the basket than a turnover or um, nobody not knowing where you're supposed to be on the floor. If all else fails, just shoot it. Jared Weiss, CLNS Radio. Yeah, uh, both of you work so well together, just setting screens off ball to free you up for catch and shoots or just attacks at weird angles. Do you feel like it took you guys a few quarters to figure out how to get the screens at the right angle so you could really cut off the defenders? You know, that's something we're constantly talking about. Obviously, Boston, they got a lot of great defensive players on their team. So I really had to focus myself on going there and nailing the defender. I mean, Jimmy, D-Wade, they all did a great job of setting me up. To, uh, to both of you guys, uh, Bobby Portis does what he does. I mean, Bobby has never been shy to shoot a, shoot a, sh a shot this season. But what does it mean for him to be one of those young guys that steps up and not only steps up but this on, on a big stage? I think confidence, confidence is a big part of the game. Um, that goes back to what Jimmy was saying. We're constantly you know, talking to each other. We're trying to move the ball, make sure players feel comfortable out there. When you feel comfortable shooting the ball, I mean, that, that goes a long way to making it go in. Robin, Mark D'Amico from Celtics.com. You've had success against the Celtics offensive rebounding, and you've done it throughout your career. But when you go against a team that you've had that past success and you know that they're susceptible on, the, on the, their defensive glass, does that change your mindset at all when you're going into a game when, when you know that's an area that you can really key in on? Um, that's something I'm aware of, and I'm certain that's something that they're also very conscious of as well. I know when I put that kind of pressure on the rim, it opens up things for my teammates. It opens up offensive rebounds for them. Um, so that's something I'm going to keep trying to do, keep trying to put pressure on the rim. Thanks. And this late word from TD Garden, Jimmy Butler had to leave because some of the stones fell off his bedazzled uh, jacket. I was, I, I was about to say, he, he went from the muscle shirt to the Don King special. Only in America. Did you have one of those when you played, Kendall? No, I didn't have one of those, man. I wouldn't go with the Don King special. Oh. And he had the Mr. T starter kit on, too. But we got to give it to Jimmy. He brought yeah. us all this way, man. You Don't know, he's got to take a little it. ribbon. Let's, let's talk about the big guy, Robin Lopez. Will, you worked out with him and his twin brother before the draft, getting them ready for life in the NBA. And, you know, this guy is so durable. If he hadn't been suspended for that one game for the fight, he would have played in 82 games again this yep. year. Yep. That's something that we should not discount. That His reliability, his durability is so important to this team. You know, we talked about this when the trade was made with the New York Knicks about what he could bring to this team. You know, when these two guys came out of Stanford, Obviously, Brooke was so far ahead of Robin from a, a basketball standpoint. But what you've seen is the growth of Robin as he's continued to go to, from team to team. You know, a guy at his height, all, uh, his height and build always has uh, strengths. And, but what you've seen is we knew coming in, okay, he's a good defender on the backside of the defense. You know, he can do the pick and roll. He's pretty good on the defense on the pick and roll, but he's improved his shooting, as you see right there, out to about 18 feet. He could not shoot that shot when he came out yeah. of college, I yeah. promise you. But at the same time, you saw that effort on the, on the rebounding end. He had 11 rebounds tonight, eight of them offensive, and then that doesn't count the ones that he couldn't get that he kept alive that his teammates were able to get. It just does everything right. Yeah. You know, and, and when, when Derrick Rose was traded, I was like, what the? You know, they, they gave Derrick Rose, they gave us a bag of marbles, but I was obviously <laughs> wrong because Robin Lopez has totally changed my mind. This is a guy that I wish I could have played my whole career with because he does everything for you. Gives you some points. He's going to rebound. Most importantly, he's going to come each and every night 
to play. And that's the type of guys you want on your team. That's the first time I've heard that reference. They gave us a bag of marbles. That's what I was saying. Road. That's what I was saying. So I'm sorry, Robin. <laughs> hey, don't meet him in a dark alley, man. He'll, he'll make yeah. you sorry. Well, I don't know. Let's not get into that, man. He's, a, he's that. a big Disney fan. He right? might make you sing Frozen songs. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but we're having a lot of fun here. Lots more still to come on Kia Bulls Post Game Live. We'll take you inside the winning locker room. We'll hear from Dwayne Wade. We'll hear from Rajon Rondo. And we'll hear from the star of the night, Bobby Portis. We've got about another half hour to go here on Post Game Live. CSN Sports Talk Live podcast brings you the freshest takes and boldest insights on the hottest topics of the day. David Kaplan leads the conversation with a rotating panel of writers, reporters, and personalities. Don't miss a single episode. Subscribe at csnchicago.com slash podcasts today. We're back with our UPS store play of the game. Here's a couple of plays featuring Bobby Portis. Bulls wouldn't have won the game without him. Shot clock running down. Fires up to three in a one-point game and drains it. That made it 84-80 in favor of the visitors. And then later, he shows the skills on the defensive end. Jay Crowder appears to have a clean lean, but Bobby says, no soup for you. The rejection there. (laughs) Bulls go on to get the four-point win. Let's hear from the second-year man from Arkansas who played a starring role in this game. You know, it's fun. I've been out there playing with these guys and, you know, and, um, and us getting the win. What do you think worked uh, so well for you today? What were you able to, to get done? Um, you know, just going out there and playing with, um, playing with energy and effort. You know, I feel like those two of the things that I go out there and do well each and every night, whether whether it's as you know, I'm making shots or not. I feel like I go out there and play as hard as I can. And, you know, I feel like um, once you rebound, it's the basketball guys, the basketball guys reward you. Was there anything in your head about you know, when you're hitting all those shots and the building's almost completely silent, or are you, are you thinking to yourself, I can't believe this is happening? Nah, because you know I prepare each and every day for it. You know I go I go to the gym each every night and you know work on my shots. So you know that's something that I wasn't shocked about. You know I just wanted to go out there and you know provide some some um, some great energy off the bench. Yeah, Bob, you didn't. Uh, you definitely looked comfortable out there. This is the playoffs. Some f- players don't feel that comfortable. Why were you feeling? that way when you were out there for game one? I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's, still, a, it's still a basketball game. You still have to go out there and do the things that you do well. And, and I feel like one of the things I do well is shoot the basketball, so I did that today. And, you know, ultimately, um, I played 62 games this season, and um, I felt comfortable, so I was ready to go. And, you know, it always helps that we had two or three or two or three days rest, too, so it helped also. Bobby, what was the biggest piece of advice that the guys like Rondo and Wade have been in a ton of playoff games gave you? Oh, just to stay ready. You know, they say in the playoffs, everybody doesn't play. You never know when you're going to play. And, you know, just to stay ready. And, you know, I feel like I did that tonight. Did it feel like a playoff game to you? Oh, it did. Oh, it did for sure. You know, going out there and seeing the crowd, seeing how involved they was, and, you know, seeing the green lights, that was kind of cool, too. But uh, seeing the green lights out there at the beginning, you know, that was fun. So, Bobby, you told us on the postgame show. Woo, Pig Suey. The guy from Arkansas winds up being a star in his first playoff game. Pretty good, Mark. Yeah, well, that's the least I can do. (laughs) A couple of block shots for Bobby Portis, along with his nine rebounds. He contributed on the defensive end as well. Let's send it over to the guys with more on how the Bulls got some key stops down the stretch. And that all relied on their team defense. And one thing we talked about was, you know, the helper, helping the helper. And we also talk about proper rotation. So, you saw this late in the game. Now, look here. Fourth quarter, 5.05. Now is when you really start to focus on the defensive end of the floor and the stops. All right, so you know they're going to set up Isaiah Thomas. They, they basically ran this play like four or five times in a row. So what they want to try to do is they're going to set the screen to come over here. And then when they set that screen, then Isaiah is going to come off. So the one thing you see there is, is Jimmy's now putting himself. He's ignoring the basketball. He's putting himself in position to where now he can ride Isaiah, and he's almost trying to dictate which way Isaiah goes so that he can get in between the screener and Isaiah so he can't get get that gap. So here he goes, denies the basketball. Excellent job there. Now, here comes the screen here. Now you see the good thing about D. Wade. He jumps up on the high side. So by doing that, he limits the options of the ball handler. So they have to come this way. Who's sitting right there? None other than Lopez. And then over here on the weak side, excellent job. You see Portis sliding over. Guys getting in, the, in front of their man, so they're limiting the passes that they have. Does a nice job of recovering. Now here comes Crowder, and you see here, Portis gets picked off. But because of the fact they reviewed that in practice, who's waiting for him right there? This is a switch situation. There's Lopez. Portis stays 
with Horford right there. Late shot clock violation. He doesn't see it. But again, you saw Portis come over and help. And that right there was a great effort for the full 24 seconds. Yeah, they did an excellent job all night long in guarding Isaiah Thomas and denying him the basketball. But I want to point out one thing on this play. We see now the Celtics get the ball. Now, you don't, you, you don't, you don't, have, to, you don't, you don't have to deny Isaiah Thomas all the time. But in this instance, this is what I'm talking about. You have Jimmy Butler right here. You can't give Isaiah Thomas a straight lane to the basket. Justin, put the camera on us for a minute. Now, this is what I mean by not giving him a lane to the basket. Say, for instance, Will is Isaiah Thomas. This is what Jimmy Butler is doing. He played a great game, but if I had one thing to criticize him about, this would be it. Playing Isaiah Thomas like this. Now, you're giving a guy who's one of the leading scorers in the NBA an open lane to the basket. He has to stop doing this. What Jimmy should do is play him head up, one-on-one, look him dead in his chest so you don't give him any empty lanes. This is one thing that will make it a lot harder on Isaiah Thomas getting to the lane. Now, you see him right here. In this instance, let's continue to run the play. He gets all the way to the basket, but Jimmy recovers because he's such a good defensive player and he makes the block shot. So doing a great job. That's the one thing that I would say we have to make the adjustment on, not giving Isaiah Thomas a clear lane to the basket. Yeah, he was the focal point of the Bulls' defense, and he still scored 33 points. Yeah. So we'll see what kind of strategy they come up with for game two. Well, we talked a lot about Dwayne Wade, the fact he only got in three regular season games. What was his conditioning going to be like? You can see he's still working off the rust factor a little bit, but he did play almost 34 minutes in this game, only 4-12 from the field. But he did have five rebounds, six assists, two steals, and two block shots, so he did stuff the stat sheet. Let's hear more from Dwayne Wade inside the visiting locker room at TD Garden. You know, I felt our defense was great um, all game. Uh, that's the reason we won the game. You know, obviously, offensively, um, you know, we got a guy like Jimmy Butler who we can put the ball in his hand and make big shots, get to the foul line, and then guys make a timely shots. I mean, Bobby Portis was huge um, in his game, making shots. I thought we was very unselfish um, running our offense, so uh, just a total team win. We were, we were all wondering about how the young guys would react. And yeah. Obviously, Bobby's a guy who's had a lot of confidence throughout the season. Yeah. Do you think he take care, take this moment <laughs> and run with it like he did? Well, I mean, he shot 80% from the field. I yeah. mean, you know, I don't think no one could have um, thought he would do that. But um, the, the biggest thing is he took the shots he's been taking all year in rhythm, um, and he knocked them down. You know, Bob, he don't lack confidence at all. Um, he's a guy who loves to play the game, so um, not unexpected that he was aggressive, not unexpected that he made the shots, um, but being his first playoff game, playing that way, um, that's pretty impressive, man. You, you guys have a defensive look that's obviously a luxury where you can put Jimmy on Isaiah down yeah. the stretch. What did you see from that look and, and how much of a luxury is it to have that look? Well, it's just a different look uh, for him. I mean, Isaiah, you know, obviously a guy who scored 30 plus, you know, he's he's a handful, um, you know, on the offensive end of the floor. But just mixing up, giving different looks, different guys. And, um, you know, if it takes um, two or three seconds away from that offense, if it takes them to get the ball a little bit further out, um, I think we've, we've won that battle. So um, that's all. That's all we're trying to do is just, you know, um, just mess up the time a little bit. How important to get one here in Boston? Well, we don't have home court advantage, so it's very important uh, to get one here if we want to, you know, win the series. But, um, you know, I thought we, we did everything we needed to to get this one. And the sign of this team and the growth of this team is going to show how we come out and, and, um, and how we prepare, you know, over the day, next day or so for game two. Um, you know, our goal since we've been in the playoffs is talking about winning each possession, uh, winning each quarter, and you know, hopefully winning the game. And today, I thought we did a good job of, of, of playing each possession, not worrying about you know when we made mistakes too much. Um, and that's a good thing from a young team who hasn't been there. Dwayne, veteran leadership in terms of Jimmy and yourself, how much does that play into this, especially the second half? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, you know, it allows, you know, young guys like Bobby and, you know, it'll be other guys throughout this series that's going to have hopefully big moments. Um, but it allows them guys just to play. And, you know, when you, when you hear uh, guys talking all the time on the basketball floor, you can hear the voices. Um, you know, you see it, it, it calms it calms guys. You know, to know that you got Rondo out there who's been in so many big moments and you can, everybody can hear him, um, you know, through the whole arena. I'm out on the floor talking to guys, and you know you have you know myself and Jimmy. You know in those moments is good for this team. It's a comfort zone for this team, and just allow other guys just to you know play the game, and uh, that's what we want for.
Did any of the younger guys seek out playoff experience advice, or did you go out of your way to tell them anything? No, we t we talked a little bit about it, you know, from um, the night we got in until you know the days in practice and stuff. And you know, you can't you know, by by our conversation, our talks. They don't, you know, they have to experience it. You know, but you know, we talked about the environment. Obviously, we talked about you know Boston. You know, great fans here. Uh, what to expect from that standpoint. Um, we talked about as coaching staff. You know, how to value each possession. Um, all those things that you know, all the cliche things that you talk about. But more so than anything, they just had to experience it. And like I said, it's going to be multiple guys. Hopefully, in the series that we're going to win is going to have to have big games. And um, tonight was Bobby night. Uh, but I, I, I like to, you know, before I keep going, I like to get credit to our, our, our team, my second unit. You know, the first day of practice, you know, after we made the playoffs, you know, we came in on Friday and they tore our butt up. You know, they came out and gave us a, a taste of what we was going to see tonight from a defensive pressure standpoint. And um, that's how you win games, when it's a whole team involved. And, um, you know, those guys deserve a lot of credit. Did you think that might bode well? I mean, I, obviously, they still got to go out and do it, but do you think that was maybe a sign like, hey, these young guys might be ready? It was a great sign, man. You know, those guys came in, they, they got to the gym before us, met with the coaches, you know, got the plays down from Boston, knew what to run. Um, you know, when we got there was able to help us, you know, talking about the plays and how we was going to defend it. And then when we started scrimmaging, man, they tore us up. You know, that first quarter was like, you know, it was like, wow, this is a playoff atmosphere, you know, here. Coaches had the, uh, the, the crowd on loud in there and uh, we was competing. That was, that was good. You know, let us know that this is not the regular season. It's not going to be easy. So I give, uh, you know, Denzel, um, I get Cam, uh, Zipster, like all those guys, you know, um, Chris, all those guys on the, other, on the second unit that was out there. I have a lot of credit for this win as well. You guys only uh, played them once after the Taj trade and did not rebound as well as you did tonight. Obviously, yeah. Robin had a lot to do with that. Did you think yeah. you guys would be able to exploit them still on the glass without Taj? And how well did Robin play tonight? Well, we like to forget that game that we played. Um, those games happened and they kicked our butt here. Um, so we didn't do nothing well, not even just rebounding. Um, but, you know, Rolo did a great job on offensive rebound um, to, you know, tonight and, you know, keeping guys off as much as possible. And I thought we did a, a great job collectively of just rebounding the ball, going there and, um, you know, when they take long shots, trying to get those long rebounds. Um, so and we, to give them a lot of expedition is going to hurt us if we, could, if we do that in this series. So we got to, we're going to have to take care of the rebounds and, and take care of our turnovers as well. That was a, that's two things that we talked about um, that's very important to our success. Hey, Dwayne, some of the guys were saying they believe that. Dwayne Wade finishing the game with 11 points. He was only f 4 of 12 from the field. But, you know, sometimes it's not how many points you score, it's when you get them. And, Kendall, he had that one classic move where he crossed over late. Yeah. It was a, it was a two-point game at the time. He made a jump shot to put the Bulls up 97-92. It was a big shot. Yeah, he, he almost turned Hoff, uh, Horford around on that play, you know. And that's the one thing you want out of your best. This guy is three-time NBA champion, has seen everything, has done everything. So he knows when to turn it on and when to coast. He did an excellent job, I thought, at the end of the game. And, you know, one thing I, I played for the Charlotte Hornets, Bob Bass used to say all the time, he wasn't necessarily impressed with the guy who scored the most points. He would always be in the locker room looking at the stat sheet saying, look at the line, look at the line. <laughs> and you see Dwayne Wade's line, 11 points, five rebounds, six assists, two steals, and two important block shots. So he did his job, even though he didn't score a lot of points tonight. And the intangible of veteran leadership, it's hard to quantify. It is. And you know, the interesting thing is, is that you've listened to D-Wade talk about giving their respect to the guys that come off the bench. Didn't play tonight, but the fact of what they did in practice to get the starters ready for the fact that the playoffs were starting today. Of course, Dwayne Wade won his first championship back in 06, teaming up with a guy named Shaquille O'Neal. Shaq now has a segment on TNT called Shaq and a Fool, and I'm afraid that his good friend Flash is going to appear. Kendall, this yeah. was a rather embarrassing moment for the 14-year veteran. It was. It looked like he was oh, trying, steal. It looked like he was trying to turn the clock back to when he used to dunk in Miami. Wow. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. And people are clowning him already on Twitter. But, hey, listen. But he waits. <laughs> Next time, just lay it up, brother. <laughs> well, it's the thing is, it's not even like it was close. Yeah. I mean, that's the front rim that stuck him, not the back rim. He didn't even get it up over the front rim. Hey, it happens to all of us. Absolutely. It oh, happens yeah. to all of us. And the nice thing is, we can laugh about it because the Bulls get the win in game one. Now they'll try <laughs> to get greedy and maybe take both in Boston. Game two, Tuesday night, we'll have it for you right here on CSN. Bulls pregame live at 6.30. Neil and Stacy have your hometown call at 7. Up next, we've got more locker room sound you'll hear from Rajan Rondo on his return to Boston that's next on Post Game Live.
It's sports. It's social. It's viral. It's Luke Stuckmeyer and Layla Rahimi, and it's the Next Generation Sports Show. In the Loop, every night at 630, 10, and 1030 on CSN Chicago. And as soon as the show ends, turn to Facebook Live for the after show. Let's get you back to Boston. One of the stories in this series, Rajon Rondo going back to face the team he broke in with. Let's hear from Rondo on his night. I'm just, I'm just confident in these guys overall. It doesn't matter about star power because if, if the star power is going to show up, but at the end of the day, you need all 15 guys. And we wouldn't have won this game without Rolo, without Bobby Porters, without Jaron Grant. So um, star power to me is kind of overrated. You know, obviously Jimmy got, you know, Jamie did what he did best, get buckets in the second half. But uh, the little key shots, the key stops that we got from other guys were big for our team. Roger, what's it like to walk into an emotional situation like this with Isaiah and you guys keep it here? Um, well, we knew he, he was going to bring it. And, um, you know, we still have to play the game and uh, go out and, you know, do what we do. But obviously, uh, I sent my condolences to him yesterday and uh, I told him I was praying for him and his family. But, uh, you know, he's a, he's a tough guy and uh, I know he'll be strong. He's going to be okay. Did you text him? Um, I text. Yeah, we have mutual friends, and okay. it was a related message. Roger, you guys have been an unpredictable team this year. What does this do for your confidence, getting this first win here in the series? To me, nothing really. You know, this is one game. Um, we had a, a great dinner last night, and you know, the, the emphasis was, like I said, we want to go out and, and get this game. You know, we were a confident team. Um, you know, we, did, we never doubt ourselves, you know, especially what they did to us last time we were here. Uh, we want to come out, shoot the ball with confidence, and, and uh, take care of the ball. Hey, Kendall, look at the line. Look at the line. Look at the line. 12, 7-6, <laughs> and a couple of steals. Here's the schedule yep. coming up. Quickly, adjustments for game two for the Bulls, Will. Now they got to work on how they're playing the screen roles, and Kendall was showing on the board in regard to, I think, and you talked about in one of your tweets, you got to trap him, maybe take the ball out of his hands so he cannot get a straight line to the basket. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's the only adjustment that I would make is, you know, I think the Bulls played an excellent game tonight. Yeah, great one on the road. Yeah. Game two Tuesday night. We'll have it for you right here on CSN. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.